Welcome once again, baseball fans. It is time to run the bases. I am Tucker Wells, joined as always by Coach Jordan Bounds. Coach, how are you, good sir? Pretty good, pretty good. All right. Well, this is the first podcast to be featured on our newly minted website, runningthebases.tv. How do you feel about that? Uh, Okay. (laughs) Great. yeah, there we go. So so welcome one and all to runningthebases.tv. And uh, I'm excited. We're going to start writing stuff. We're going to start making videos. Fans are going to start posting back to us, I'm sure, certain right away. So, so here we go. Right out of the box. It is two weeks into the 2015 Major League Baseball season. And, uh, you know, it's a little early to resend on most of our predictions, but... <laughs> Let me just ask you: Are you uh, are you about ready to sell your Miami Marlins beachfront condo? Uh, there are all sorts of things. I mean, after two weeks, you know, I thought the White Sox were going to be like tearing it up. Uh, I thought the Mariners were going to be tearing it up. Thought the Marlins were going to be tearing it up. And right now, it looks like New York Mets. You know, in the dark night. <laughs> by, by the way, wouldn't it be? I think every time that Harvey pitches, since they've already given him the title of the Dark Knight, they ought to shoot a spotlight in the air and put uh, just with the Mets logo. And so everybody would know that Harvey is pitching. <laughs> Maybe that would draw even more attendance, perhaps. They're, they're drawing really well, the best they have in years. I mean, well, they're winning. Yeah, they are winning. Um, taking a quick glance around. Um, the, uh, you know, my pick, uh, the Mariners, they've been, they've been doing better as of late, but, uh, off to a poor start as well. Although Nelson Cruz, Nelson Cruz is the only guy hitting there right now. And boy, is he hitting? Yes, he is. Yeah. And then, uh, speaking of hitting Alex A-Rod, four home runs in the early goings. Um, he's, as you said, he's actually kind of good. Yeah. 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 I, I, you know, I. I, I kind of thought saw this coming, you know, but nobody wants it. Nobody <laughs> wants it. Right. I don't even. I'm not even sure that A Rod wants it. You know. <laughs> well, um, did you see how Barry Bonds is confused as to what the fuss is about about A Rod? No, I didn't see that. Yep, in his infinite wisdom, he's just like, I don't understand it. Why do people not like this guy? <laughs> Interesting, coming from Barry Bonds. Yeah. Um, so, but uh, it, now, in line with what we thought uh, or what we have said thus far, the Giants are taking the even year off. It would seem. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I, you know, more power to them. You got to rest up for the for those championship runs. I agree. Uh, they, I, I, I don't know. They've got nothing. Right now, they've got nothing. They're going to fit. I mean, I know I don't think they're going to finish last in that division, but uh, where they are now, but they're they're not going to be one of the top two or three teams. I mean, you know, they're. Do you think that I think they can beat the Rockies? You know, eventually. <laughs> Do you think that um, when they get back Hunter Pence, that that'll make much of a difference? It'll make a difference, but not that much. Um. And then uh, looking at the NL Central, uh, the Cubs are indeed competitive out of the gate. And Chris Bryant is now on the team. Um, 
And even though he had a pretty ugly first day there going 0 for 4 with 3,000 strikeouts, um, he's now batting 300 uh, in his first three games, and he's getting on base, drawing a lot of walks. Uh, he, which is, I mean, this is the guy that has the, if he doesn't make it, it's an indication that nobody really, or that scouting is really just a crapshoot. Uh, he passes the eye test, and he is the uh, sabermetrician hero. You know, he um, he gets on base. He uh, his contact uh, to uh, or his base hits on contact is percentage is uh really high he strikes out a little bit too much but uh for a power hitter you know uh his on base percentage is through the roof i mean he is um he should be the stud that we want him to be do you think that because the cubs have all this other prime talent that we'll most likely see later in the year but if Bryant doesn't live up to his expectations or falls, let's say, well short of it, is that an indication that the rest of the Cubs' talent that they've been building is in jeopardy? No, I don't think so. I okay. mean, I think you uh, don't see him as the linchpin to this. No, but young I do core. see him as uh, perhaps the one with the greatest upside. He seems to be. I mean, you know, he's there with. Uh, Mike Trout and, you know, Harvey and, uh, I mean, he is like one of these guys that you see coming, uh, a Brian Harper type that Bryce, uh, Bryce Harper. Yeah. That, uh, shouldn't be missing, you know, and he might, you know, there, you never can tell. Yeah. Speaking of Mike Trout, good Lord. Looked like he was about to break every record in the book. I thought he'd, you know, have a 500 batting average and a 75 game wins or a hitting streak. But, you know, last year it seemed like he was not the – suddenly he was the best piece of a very good team. Uh, This year he seems to be the – once again, the only piece of a team. I mean, he – the rest of the team is not helping him out right now. Right. Um, still in the NL Central, uh, one of our favorites, the Pittsburgh Pirates, McCutcheon cut his hair. Yeah, I know. His swag, his swag appeal is just plummeted. But um, they're uh, they're hoping for um, Polanco to come around, and then that outfield is going to contend with the Miami outfield. But let's talk about Miami. Um, story came out the other day that um, Redmond may be on the hot seat already. Um, how do you feel about that? Um, too soon. I, I mean, but I, I always feel like the manager is blamed when he shouldn't be, you know, I mean, uh, the, I think a, a top manager is going to win four maybe five games a year. Uh, if you're looking at, uh, you know, if you want to have put a war uh, on managers, <laughs> uh, Bobby Cox uh, won 
three or four games a year because his players just loved him so much. You know, uh, he's not doing it by strategy. Um, and Larusa just over managing to the point where his players had confidence that he must know what he's doing. Uh, that won him three or four games a year. Uh, Mike Redmond is give him, you know, that he's the fall guy. Okay. Uh, well, we are looking at. I mean, assuming the Mets stay as good as they've been, and then you know Washington's kind of five hundred out of the gate. But as they continue to get healthy, and and if they indeed make their ascension to the top of the division. By the time the Marlins are getting Fernandez back in, you know, June, maybe even July, they could be out of it. Oh, they could be. They could be. And this is a team that you yourself is thinking they is the have, World Series. I, I, they have such a great outfield. I don't see them getting out of it. Okay. And, uh, and you know, I Stanton may be the third best in that outfield. Yeah. You know, uh, that's how good that outfield is. Yeah. Yeah, and you see that he gets rid of the face mask early on. Yeah, so I know. I guess he got over it. There you go. Be a man. Right. Man up. Absolutely. Um, and so now uh, our hometown Atlanta Braves, 8-4 and four to start out. Are you ready to, to up that win total for the year? <laughs> yeah, I think they'll win a ninth. Uh, look, uh, they have, you know what, they played 12 games, and there have already been Five or six unbelievable Andrelton Simmons plays. Yep. I mean, and uh, that, I, I can't, that's, you know, that's reason enough to watch them every game they play this year, just to watch this unbelievable talent at shortstop. Uh, I think the bullpen has been uh you know, right now it looks you know it looks like Grilly is you know the second coming of Sparky Lyle. You know, but uh, you know, let's hope he stays healthy uh, for most of the year. Jim Johnson, eh, not so much. Uh, <laughs> the uh, Louis Avalon is like maybe he's you know grown a little hair uh, <laughs> since last year. You know, he's uh, he's been pretty good. Um, the rest of the bullpen, which ones are not being suspended for 80 days, uh, you know, have seemingly been all right. Uh, they need help. Now, the question is, is the Braves' early success going to make them uh, or encourage them to bring up some of these young pitchers, the Whistler and uh, Fulty and all these guys. Um, well, I think the uh, failures of Stoltz and uh, <laughs> the, the once great Cahill will make it mandatory. Because oh. I mean, that's that's a uh, we're back in Tommy Hansonville with that. You know, I mean, if the Braves are still competitive, come you know late May June, um, and oh. they're still featuring Cahill and Stoltz at the back end of the rotation, that's a crime. Oh, if they're still competitive in June, uh, they got to start bringing up some of these young guys. Yeah, yeah but agreed. if it looks like they're you know they're middle of the pack, hoping to finish five hundred, um, and you know be third in the division, uh, keep the young guys down. 
Yeah. And um, talking about Simmons, how great is it that he has Peterson to play off of? Peterson oh, looked very solid. Such an improvement over Listella and, you know, certainly Ugla. But whoever we've had there in the last few years, I'm all in on Peterson for the oh, most part. Oh, I am too. And he's liable to just be holding the fort until, what's his name, the, you know, our big prospect comes up. Right, the uh, Cuban yeah, and the Cuban player. The uh, Peterson uh, has gotten off to a lot better start than I think he is. I mean, but I think he is ultimately uh, will be a you know, a utility player for the Braves and could be a very good utility player, a Joel Youngblood type of player. I see, and yeah, you know, lots of exciting players I think to watch, not just at the uh, at the Keystone, but uh, Ey Junior. You know, nice and fast. He's fun to watch as well. The, the opening day, the the him going uh, second to home and you know All contact right. ball and running the base as well. He's fast, but he's Emil Bonifacio. You know he is uh, he is a a backup player. Uh, right now, we're playing him more than he needs to be playing. Uh, Curtis Mabin uh, could Cameron. be uh, yeah could be a contract that we're. Uh, that's hurting us, but he has an upside that EY doesn't have. Yeah, and you know we haven't even mentioned the big trade that happened hours before opening day, but we got rid of Melvin Upton, lost K- Craig Kimbrell, but by all accounts, Kimbrell, his contract was the one of the four that were signed two years ago that was the most tradable, and uh, who knows how much longer that arm could really hold up throwing 100 miles an hour. Um the way that he does the with what an unbelievable trade that is and what would it be like if we didn't have to get rid of Melvin Upton's contract you know that was so much of that trade and still we got uh two top prospects one a maybe our top pros pitching prospect and you know in uh, in our organization, um, a an outfielder who might be all right, a good draft pick, you know. Uh, and no more Melvin Upton. And no more Melvin Upton. That can't be said enough. I mean, we picked up a couple, you know, of contracts that, you know, uh, that's the only negative with that. Yeah. If Mabin becomes, you know, uh, you know, if he's in any way beneficial, it's just a steal. Yeah. I, well, it I, seems like it. I mean, particularly when we have Grilly leading the major leagues in saves right now. I know, right? Um, he's looking like 2013 Grilly, which is very nice. Yeah, um, he's old, and he's I, – I, I like him. I really do like him, but I don't see him being Kimball this year. No, but, hey, good clubhouse guy on top of that. I mean, yeah, I'll take yeah. it. You oh, know? yeah, yeah. I'll take it I, I'm, yeah. for sure. And then, I, I, yeah, I can't even remember the second outfielder we got from – um, the Padres that we've already Quentin. designated. Yeah, Quentin. Carlos Quentin. Yeah. Is that right? All right, yeah. So that's that's sadly dead weight contract-wise, but no Melvin Upton Jr. Um, so, so tonight, going uh, first to third, we are going to talk about great team failure, if you will, uh, infamous busts in uh, baseball history. And this is, of course, teams with the highest of high expectations, if you will, at the beginning of the year, high payrolls and the like, that fell flat on their face to an infamous level. Um, 
sadly, you could fill most of this show just talking about Mets teams over the years. Yeah, you could. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, at post-1998, 99, 2000, when salaries just exploded, it seems like there's three or four every year. So um, so we'll come around to the modern day uh, uh, towards the end. Um, in your lifetime, tell us some of the teams that you remember looking at their lineup on paper opening day thinking – this is a championship team, and then all for naught. Um, the '64 Phillies, their failure is epic. You know the Gene Mock team that he just did not manage the uh, the pitching staff well at the end. Uh, what was now? This is '64, so it's Cardinals winning yeah, the World uh, Series. So, the, who 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 did they have to compete with the '64 Cardinals on paper? Uh, well, I mean, they had uh, who was it? Bunning and Short, and they—I mean, they had a team that was uh, way ahead early, and they had a tremendous collapse down, you know, toward the end. Uh, and I, I liked a lot of those players, the Johnny Callisons uh, of the day. Um, the '65 Yankees—I mean, people don't—I mean, everybody said they saw it in '64, you know, when. The Cardinals, you know, uh, just wiped them out in the World Series. But uh, for the Yankees to go down into the second division all of a sudden, that in my lifetime, that was like, what, 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 what? Uh, that was not supposed to happen. In many ways, the 66 Braves were a real flop. I mean, and, and that may have been just my adolescent view of what was going on at the time. But, uh, I mean, they seemed to have everything. Uh, yeah, there was not, I mean, the bullpen was not that big a deal in 66, right. you know, but, uh, I mean, still they had Billy Odell and Chichi Olivia, you know, they had a bullpen and the, I mean, I, I could still name their starters. You know, they had like, as strong a starting staff as you could have. And they had Hank Aaron and Eddie Matthews and, you know, uh, Frank Bowling and Joe Torrey. And, you know, they had, you know. Alou? Yeah, and Philippe Alou, uh, my mother's favorite player. Yeah. You've uh, talked about this team before in as much as, like, that was the highest anticipated opening day, obviously, oh, in Braves. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. And then it all collapsed because, like, he blew, the starter day one blew Tony out his... Tony Cloninger, when it had held out uh you know for a salary dispute and whatnot and doesn't have a long spring training and the manager Bobby Bragan uh who was one of the people that uh wanted to protest the signing of Jackie Robinson when he was a player uh nice he, uh, yeah uh he went ahead and pitched uh Tony Cloninger 13 innings on opening day uh, blew his arm out, and whereas Tony Cloninger went on to set records as a hitter, as a pitcher, you know, hit two grand slams in one game and whatnot, uh, and had another one uh, caught at the fence with the bases loaded, um, the uh, in the same game. Uh, the <laughs> which game was this? Uh, it was against the Giants. I don't. I don't. Which game? I don't know. But it was uh, yeah, game. You know, seventy six of the season. Uh, the uh, you mean you don't know this? Come on. The uh, but 
Bobby Bragan pitched him 13 innings, and he was never the same. Uh, and he had been like a 24-game winner the year before, uh, a 20-game winner two years in a row. One of the best young pitchers in baseball. He's right there with Koufax and Gibson and stuff. And, uh, stupid manager. Yeah. The uh, 65 Yankees, interesting looking here at some at their pitching staff from that year, um, had a 20-game winner, Mel Stoudemire, and then Whitey Ford and Al Downing. But, yeah, they uh, finished the season with just 77 wins. Yeah. That would not have been accepted in the era of George Steinbrenner. Nope. Um, the Dodgers should have won more when they had that unbelievable infield of uh, Garby, Lopes, uh, Say and Russell, uh, and they had uh, Rick Mundy and Reggie Smith and um, Dusty Baker and all these outfielders. Uh, they should have won more. Uh, they didn't. I can't say of a particular year that was a bust for them, but in the mid seventies, they were they were disappointing. But they also had to go up against the Reds in the eighties. I think. Uh, Gosh, uh, there were a lot of Twins teams um, that uh, got to the playoffs but never went further uh, than, like, the first round or so. And I, I don't know if uh, you can blame them for that. I, you know, that may have been the most of their uh, ability. But uh, they seem to be disappointing in some ways. Yeah, they had that uh, very uh, steep fall off after the 87 um, World Series team, and they end up in last place by 1990. They, and of they, course, it's, they seemingly went from first to last to first to last several times. You know, yeah, a method being repeated by the Boston Red Sox in this day and age. <laughs> and uh, and the A and the Twins are last now. There, God, yeah. Um, I'm sorry for Paul Molitor. Yeah. Um, well, you know, according to you, he's just going to up and quit halfway through the year if it yeah. stays like this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you look at the at modern day as player salaries and opening day payrolls are available, and uh, memory draws to the 2002 New York Mets. They went out and signed Mo Vaughn, Roberto Alomar. They had a the, the infamous Jeremy Burnitz, who at the time was supposedly going to be one of the greatest sluggers ever, uh, dead last <laughs> in the National League East. The uh, Mets have done the uh, the Mets. I you know I, I I've always despised the Mets. They've been in the same division with the Braves, so I've always pulled against them. The um, what's his name? Uh, the Daily Show. Oh, John Stewart. John Stewart. Yeah, gosh. Uh, John Stewart is such a Mets fan, you know, that it almost makes me want them to do a little bit better, you know. Yeah. And I feel, I, I almost feel sorry for him. I mean, and there are so many, and I've I, I begun to look at it, you know, there are a lot of New Yorkers that are Mets fans just because they can't tolerate being a Yankee fan. And so that's an almost okay behavior, you know. Yeah. In in uh, 2000, when they met for the Subway Series, if there was a way both of them could have lost, that would have been ideal. But I found myself thinking, yeah, I, if I have to choose, I'll go Mets, just because it means the Yankees won't. Right. So, uh, 
But, I mean, it seems to be there every 10 years or so. They just repeat this pattern because in 92, I remember those. they had Brett Saberhagen and they had uh, Eddie Murray still in the lineup and, you know, high expectations. And then they start throwing bleach on reporters and setting off firecrack. Vince, Vince Coleman on this particular team. Um, so um, the Texas Rangers circa 2001, 2003, or as they're more popularly known, the A-Rod Rangers um, pretty gigantic bust, wouldn't you say? Uh, the Rangers have never been anything but a bust. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, they have, uh, I, I've never known them to meet their expectations ever. 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 Uh, maybe they're the first two years when Ted Williams is a manager and has people like Eddie Brinkman hitting 300. Uh, but then their pitchers were all giving up like <laughs> five hundred. You know, they're 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 awful. Interesting that they their lone period of success is when John Hart is the GM. So uh, that's true. That's true. Bodes well for the future of Atlanta. Yeah, yeah the poor Rangers, if you want to even call it that. But um, hey, at least they didn't uh, sign know, back Josh Hamilton. That was one thing you could say. The there has not been a team uh, that has had more storied, juiced players than Texas. Right, Juan Gonzalez. You know, and you know, uh, Palmero. You know, uh, pointing his finger at everybody and Pudge, uh, even. Pudge, and you know, uh, Sammy Sosa was there. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, you there's so many of them. I mean, the uh, and the you don't win with that type of ball player. You, I mean, uh, you win with class individuals. Uh, that's who wins ball games. I mean, that, I mean, as a coach, as a player, you've always known there, uh, there are certain types of people that win. Uh, and people that are trying to cheat in that sort of way, they're not winners. Yeah. Yeah, you'd be hard-pressed to think back of a team other than the 2009 Yankees that won with such a person. And, of course, that team had Teixeira, who's rumored, and then, of course, A-Rod. Um, well, and, I mean, you know, the Giants won one year with Barry Bonds as, you know. Uh, well, they did meet, yeah, they reached the World Series, but didn't win at all. Yeah, did not win at all. They won, they reached the World Series. That's good enough. I mean, you know, it can happen, but you just don't win with that type of player. I mean, we're looking right now, there are all of these undercurrents in, uh, in football right now that the Buccaneers don't want really want Winston, but they don't have any choice. Uh, you win with a certain type of person. Yeah. You win with a Madison Bumgardner. Yeah, okay. Yeah, even though I, he's not you been as effective. You win with a, a Tom Glavin. Yeah. And, and, and a, John Smoltz. Yeah, I mean, and class individuals who go out and are professional about their job and whatnot. Yeah. Who do you think was the uh, Cardinals leader in the late 2000s that set the tone for the players? Would you give that to Wainwright? Because, of course, they had the prime of Albert Pujols, who now is under some of that suspicion still. Um, the um, Just when you think back to that the Car- team. The Cardinals, I don't think of any one player being uh, that significant to them. I mean, Wainwright has – they've had – 
you know, a number one that's a legitimate number one in uh, a big hoss, a, a bell ringer uh, of whatnot. Molina is as good a catcher as there is in the game. Uh, when Pujols was there uh, with the Cardinals, he was as good a hitter as there was in the game. Uh, but I see the Cardinals winning because they're the Cardinals. Yeah. Uh, not because of any particular player. Uh, Jockety, well, what, what's it? You know, they're GM Well, Jockety. Yeah, I mean, that's the, the man, you know. Well, it's just interesting because they have, you know, a couple of high-profile players, of course, Pujols now with the Angels, who fit the description of a of a juicer, a cheater, if you will, though not not proven. So yeah, I always thought he had human growth hormones. Yeah, HGH. So once again, Cardinals, maybe they're just the outlier, the exception to all rules. Um, you know, uh, the Red Sox. See, the thing about teams being quote unquote busts in this day and age is that, as you've said before, we're in an era where. Baseball teams are like Premier League soccer teams. Mm -hmm. So can you really call, like, for instance, last year's Red Sox team a bust? No, no. They It was almost like they were trying not to win. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, the uh, It was like they were playing for this year. Yeah. Same thing with uh, the, the 2012 Marlins. Move into the new stadium, Miami. They got all these free agents and then... <sighs> You know, I, 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 I hate to think that the Marlins know what they're doing, but, you know, it almost appears as though they do. Yeah. Well, with the Redmond situation right now, you think back 2003, what did they do? They fire their manager in May, bring in McKeon, and then they go on and win the World Series. So, mm -hmm. you know, that, that's a formula for success that they may be more than willing to repeat. Um, but just as you think through the 2000s, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to think of, uh, you know, teams that didn't that really truly fell short of all expectations and then kept their players at the you same know, time a, a team that has fallen short of expectations the tigers yeah sad I mean, to say you know the tigers, a lot of love for the tigers here yeah, at running the bases but. I know, uh but tigers haven't won it all and they should have by now and now they're not the same team that they once were yeah Although they're doing they're great playing, right now. They're playing great defense now. Let, let me say this again. Tigers are playing great defense now. <laughs> uh, they're showing some speed on the bases. You know, uh, it's not just power and power. You know, it's not, uh, it's not just Miki hitting home runs. And uh, Martinez can't hit a double right now. Uh, I mean, and, you know. He's Ver been taking better swings as of late. But <laughs> better swings. Uh, Verlander is like, you know, I'm going to play video games. You know, I'm not going to pitch. Uh, the, uh, but they're winning. Yeah. So do you think that, uh, Verlander at 80% of vintage Verlander will be, you know, I mean, that's kind of all they really need right now, considering is how well price has been and Simon. And, um, do you think that Verlander really, you know, is a huge difference maker if he's not, hundred percent. He costs a lot of money. Well, their owner has a lot of money. Yeah, I know, but people with lots of money get to spend it unwisely, I guess. Yeah, I guess. I guess. So that begs a new question. Uh expectations for teams and what does falling short of expectations actually mean for the Tigers World Series or bust, but let's say for like the Pirates, for example. You know, Pirates had some young talent 
in the mid 2000s and of course did nothing with it but would you consider that a flop no they didn't have enough um the um i don't consider the pirates a flop at all uh in in the mid 2000s no i don't consider them a flop then at all i i think there were expectations that were overblown right now they're a pretty solid team yeah great athleticism yeah what about um thinking back you know like the the mid 2000s orioles um they make big managing decisions big managing hires like willie randolph was gonna you know revolutionize that team after sitting on the bench with tory for years and years and they sign um who was the shortstop he was with oakland um uh tahada miguel tahada yeah, yeah. and then of course nothing comes of it you know do you think of that well, team as a flop right. uh tahada is one of those juice guys that i i don't think you win with those type of players uh i i really don't uh but the um i the orioles problems seem to have been management from up above uh and the influence of certain former players that nixed deals uh, and uh, different situations, uh, and even though their iconic status may have uh, you know, kind of given them a Teflon finish that enabled them to go on heroically making decisions for an organization. I don't even want to go. Who, whoever could you be talking yeah, about? Uh, no, I, I have no concept of who this player must be. Yeah. 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 There's there, there, see, there's, you could go into player bus on, on that level for, for decades, but a rod was that Barry Bonds was that a rod put together the Yankee or the, the, the Rangers when he signed that contract, it's he and Scott Boris saying that you have to go give Chan Ho Park, $75 million you know, for your and, uh Don't you kind of like, see, I mean, the last team that Boris had was the Rangers. Now it's the Nationals. Yep. And suddenly, you know, where are the Nationals right now? Middle of the pack. Yeah. 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 I mean, they're still hurt. They still got a lot of. They do. Yeah. They do. Coming back. Um, do you think that the Phillies are a bust of recent years or just uh, injury plagued? Because that would be an interesting thing. Like, think think back on teams now, that... I, what, what killed the Phillies? Uh, the Phillies were a great team uh, until suddenly Doc Holliday just lost it. Uh, and when Doc Holliday lost it, uh, think of what would have happened to the Braves in 94 if Maddox had just lost it. And uh, Holiday was at, when he just lost it, all of a sudden it was the best pitcher in the game. Cliff Lee was the second best, you know, uh, and an injury-prone Cliff Lee. Uh, but uh, the loss of Holiday just threw off the Phillies forever. Now, they have some long contracts, you know, people um, – like ugly and stuff, you know, everybody's talking about uh Howard and you know, and what an albatross he is, too. But Utley is Utley should retire, uh, he's not any good anymore, and he has a tremendous salary. He's drawing uh, 
you know, he, he's killing them uh, just as much as Howard or, or even more so. And the, uh, but more than anything else, it was just the sudden demise of the number one pitcher in the game. Yeah. They killed it, the Phillies. Yeah. It does completely make you appreciate that much more of the Braves sustained success with Glavin, Maddox, Smoltz. Cause, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, you, uh, uh, Ugla in recent memory appears to have just lost it. The thing about the Phillies, though, is that really the injury bug, I think, trumps, in my mind, Holiday losing it because you have Howard, you have Utley, and you have Lee, all with chronic injuries, keeping them out of the regular lineup for long periods of time. And, uh, you know, that's the, those are their three top players, arguably, after the departure of uh, holiday yeah after holiday leaves but i mean i really think holiday was the best pitcher in the game uh if you think back to 93 90, 92 through 96 and you put maddox with any team in the major leagues and they're suddenly competitive and that was the same sort of thing with holiday with holiday you know uh he was the best pitcher in the game uh, for a few years there, not you know, not a long period of time, but uh, you go from best pitcher to not effective at all, and suddenly that team, you know, just you know, that's a difference of twelve games, twelve to fifteen games, twelve to fifteen games, you're going from first to fourth. Yeah, that is significant. A lot more than the four that the manager will give you back. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and I, I thought their manager was all right. He was a good hitting coach. Yeah, interesting that he's still in the organization. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they, they they know something. Yeah, they fired him, but then just kind of kicked him upstairs. Right. Um. So yeah, you know, one key injury could be you could be go from contender to to wait till three years from now. Do you think that uh, the two thousand and four Chicago Cubs uh, are a bust considering the amount of expectation on that team following the 2003, you know, five outs away. Um, Was this the Price and... uh, The Price and Wood, and then that was... They had Maddox that year. Signed Maddox in the offseason. Come in, heavy favorites, don't even make the playoffs. Um, I didn't think Maddox was going to help them that much at that point. Um, no, I've never believed in the Cubs. Uh, not since like 68 or so. Uh, I haven't really believed in the Cubs since DeRocher was their manager. <laughs> yeah. Which ironically, today is the anniversary of the, uh, the first televised Cubs game back oh, in 1945. So there you go. There's some fun history trivia for you. Um, well, you know, hey, they... If there's ever a Cubs team to make you believe, I would have to say it's this one. Oh, God. you know you got to pull for them. Yeah, you know, I mean, I've never been a Cubs fan, but you got to pull for them right now. All this young talent and stuff. Yeah, very exciting to watch. Although John Lester has a problem throwing to any base except home. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> to the point where he just decided to throw his whole glove to first no, uh, on Sunday. So I've seen that happen several times. Though. Yeah, but he might just have to make that part of his uh, regular repertoire. So, well, yeah, I saw Jim Bunning do that once, and he almost knocked down Norm Cash. Uh, 
the uh, Bunning couldn't get the ball out of his glove, and he was just frustrated and just threw a seed to uh, with his <laughs> glove uh, to Norm Cash. At first, Norm Cash kind of like fell back catching the ball and the glove. Nice. <laughs> I seem to remember this play as well. This strikes me as a very f- uh, famous one. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Anything else, or should we? Well, I, I do think, uh, all right, the we should make some mention of what's going on between the Royals and the A's right now uh, in this season uh, and this kind of beanball battle that they have and Herrera pitching or pointing to his head uh, saying, you know, next time, you know, 100-mile-an-hour fastball is going to be at your head, Lowry. Uh, I I think that is – it beckons – and – Oh God! I don't know how many times on these podcasts I've kind of tried to excuse myself from not sounding racist, uh, but uh, this kind of lack you have a real guilty conscience, don't you? Well, yeah, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but <laughs> something about being raised in the South and the I pre-civil guess rights born movement, in the blood or whatever. Yeah, uh, but it's okay. You're you're fine. The uh, this kind of uh, Latin machismo throwing at the head. Juan Marichal going after John Roseboro's type of mentality. Uh, there seems to be something very wrong with that to me. Well, Jordano Ventura is that plus being instilled with, he's essentially the number one. Without Shields there now, he's their number one. And yes, he seems to be a bit of a hothead, to say the least, starting out this year. he is uh, He's targeting... Um, do you think that this is going to continue, or is someone in the is Manfred going to put the kibosh on such things? I, I, well, I hope he does. I hope he does. We don't need somebody to get killed. We don't need another uh, Chapman. You know, no, we don't need another John Carlos Stanton. Although that didn't have uh, intent behind it. No, I don't think so. Yeah, the you know that would be an interesting story sometime just to look at all of the careers that were ended by beanballs the uh your uh Dickie Thons and your uh, Tony Canigliero's and these people who were great young stars that were like beamed and that ended or in the case of Chapman your life was ended <laughs> yeah that by a beanball he, he wasn't that great a ball player but yeah that was a significant end yeah sad for Ray Chapman well we'll have to explore that in depth on a future episode that would be a good one um so but yeah i mean hey let's just talk royals for a second here um they were the last team undefeated in the young season Nobody was giving them much love in their preseason predictions, yeah. but how Neither high are you? You nor I. And I know. Hey, I admit to it. I mean, my pick in the Central Cleveland is playing like Cleveland. So, yeah. no offense, Cleveland, you still rock. But that being said, how high are you on the Royals right now? My problem with the Royals is their manager Ned Yost. Yep. Period. Not a likable guy. No, I don't like Ned Yost. Hard time rooting for him. When he was a Braves coach, he sent out, uh, he he tried to develop a close coordinating thing where he would like, I don't know how this worked, but uh, he had like, you had certain numbers for your shirts and your pants and your ties and stuff and could work 
you know, so long as they ended up like odd numbers, you could wear those that combination, but you couldn't do it if it was even. And this sort of, it just it was bizarre. Uh, the I can't help but think that Ned Yost gets out X'd and owed by other managers, and that should never happen. You should never. The strategy in baseball is not that tough. Uh, you know, in the modern game, it was a lot tougher in, you know, in the 19 teens, you know, and stuff. Uh, but it's not that tough now. And he seems to be out managed uh, at times. And that just is wrong. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Well, I mean, you can't argue with the success, though. And <laughs> certainly the last success? year. Success? Uh, what kind of American League champs, Game 7, World Series? I mean... Last year. Name another year that Ned Yost, you know, all those years with the Brewers and everything. When did, when did they ever, like, live up to their expectations? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I think the Royals he came out of nowhere. He stumbled into so. a great bullpen last year. Of which their closer just got hurt, Holland. He's, uh, and their other one's about to get in Harara and now is going to get suspended for like forever. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, you know, at least they're a fun team to watch on the on the diamond, and we don't we don't there. watch the manager when we go to watch the game. There you so. go. There you go. All right. Well, coach, since Casey Stingle left, I mean, you know, you used to go watch Casey. Yeah, and hey, we used to go watch Bobby a little bit. Because when he would get in arguments and get thrown out, that was exciting. The, that was good uh, stuff. Interesting that, uh, you know, when Bobby got thrown out of the game, the fans went nuts. You know, they're like, yeah, Bobby, you know, and people cheered him to no end. Uh, when uh, Yost got thrown out of the game yesterday, it was, they were like booing. <laughs> And that was in Kansas City. Yep. <laughs> By the way, that little uh, number-coordinated outfield outfit thing that Yost did with the Braves, how did that go over? Well, I, I think David Justice said something about publicly and ended it immediately. <laughs> yeah, probably threw I, that out. Actually, I think it was, and really, I think at this time, it was Halle Berry who actually stopped that. Nice. Yeah. That's one of the highlights of her career overall. <laughs> you no, look at it. no, no, no! Don't don't go bad on Halle Berry. Well, what's the last great Halle Berry movie that's been released? In I'm not even fifteen years. There. She's you know. No. Well, she is an ex woman. She's she's Storm. So. She's a Bond woman. Yeah, but a very bad Bond movie. You know, look, look, the, oh, totally different story here. It was all right. It was it wasn't that bad. Right, right. Well, Coach, thank you so much. Good to be back. Uh, and check us out at runningthebases.tv. Don't go anywhere else. Runningthebases.tv. Or, of course, you can always download the podcast on iTunes. So, Coach, thank you for Coach Bounce. This is Tucker Wells. We're rounding third and coming into home, and we're safe. Good night, Coach. Good night.